This is gonna hurt. It's time, it's time for the Suffering, for the suffering Podcast. podcast. sailing along the open water, having a great time. The seas are calm, the wind is light, and there's not a cloud in the sky. The ship is moving forward, heading towards the horizon. In an instant, and out of nowhere, a storm approaches, and we fall into crisis mode. There is no control, and we are helpless at the hands of Mother Nature. All that can be done is to prepare and hang on for dear life. Our life is sometimes smooth seas and calm sailing. There are other moments when we're blindsided by troubles beyond our control. With very little hope, all we can do is hang on until rescue arrives. I'm Kevin Donaldson here with Mike Felace, and welcome to the Suffering Podcast. If you're a fan of overcoming adversity and overcoming suffering, then we're for you, because that's what we do here, and that's the stories that we highlight. So do me a favor, hit that like button, subscribe to the channel, please comment, and now you can join. Ring the bell so you can get notified of all of our new content and follow us on social media so you can find out what we're up to. On today's episode of The Suffering Podcast, we welcome the movie stars in here. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, J.C. Capone and Stuart Chiracella. Wow, good job. Good job. Did it. Three wow, years to, to get that name, good brother. Job, Three man. years. Awesome. You know, what you're going to find out about these two men is not only are they prolific in the entertainment industry, but J.C. is overcoming a battle that... Very few people can understand. Before we get into anything, let's give a big shout out to our marquee sponsor. That's Toyota of Hackensack. We don't trust anybody as police, but we do trust them. So go to toyotahackensack.com and let them find you a car. So guys, every week, Stu, you've been, you're an old timer. I mean, you're a veteran here. Nothing's it's, really changed except for the Hoboken, cameras. Our Hoboken connections. Now. Yeah. Could I just say these guys came a million miles away? It was just audio when I was here. We have video now. This is the big leagues. Well, Whoever's show, out there. Your show blew up so much we made a ton yeah. of cash, so we yeah. bought a studio. Yeah. <laughs> so each week, JC, we take a we take a question from our audience. This week's question comes from Kitty Cat, and it says, "Why is there suffering and pain in the world?" JC. I want you to lead this one off. What do you think? You need to go through pain, lots of pain, to figure out when you get to the promised land, the heavier the pain, the greater the miracle. I love that, dude. Yeah. Stewie, what do you think? Me personally, I needed what I went through as a kid. I needed what I went through with my addiction to be the person I am today. You know, you often say, oh, look at these people. They, they're here, they're there, they're there in their life all my age. But I had to be and go through whatever I had to go through. So I had to learn how to help people. You know, and that's just basically it. Mike? That's all. I, th- I think the pain and suffering keeps you grounded. You know, you're just, if you got given everything in your life, you wouldn't appreciate anything. So, you know, going through that pain and suffering, you appreciate, like I said before, I appreciate every day now. So there's a lot of different theories on why there's pain and suffering. You know, people who believe in... God or a God, they'll say, well, if God's so good, then why do you put pain and suffering? There's some theories out there, and it's a a Jewish theory that says that God created the world and then separated himself because if he was always present, then it wouldn't be anything miraculous. There would be no faith. It would just be reality. Okay? I believe that there would be no good without pain and suffering because it would just be reality. So I gravitate towards that theory a little bit more. Um, There is no back to the front. Taoists have that principle. Christianity, you got to have faith in order to to reach a a higher level. You got to know the pain. You got to know the suffering. And people of faith, who's who's your major sufferer? Like he's he's JC is Jesus in the house. JC Capone, <laughs> right here, baby. JC, JC you know Capone. Jesus' son, right next to me. JC Capone, baby. So I believe suffering and pain, while it sucks, it is absolutely one hundred percent necessary. But I know. So Kitty Cat, thank you so much for sending that one in. Keep sending in your questions, and we will try to get on the air. I didn't even tell everybody why JC is in the house tonight. Why? That's going to be the suffering of Parkinson's. You know, everybody sort of knows what Parkinson's is. They've heard of it. But when you come face to face with Parkinson's, you know, everybody sees Michael J. Fox, Back to the Future, Family Ties. And now you see him today and everybody has this, this almost pity of him. But when you hear him talk, man, he's got one of the greatest attitudes. And I see that in you, JC. I see that in you. you. uh, Attitude takes a long time. 
to get crocodile skin to battle this disease. And I'm sure it wasn't always like that, though. I was in a deep depression for three years. I locked myself in a room because I was embarrassed to see people. And the minute you stop living, the minute you lock that door and you don't go outside the house, you already started dying. So we ain't dying. We're going to live a long time and a good time. That's a great attitude to have. Because the minute Fantastic. you the minute you pass on, how do you know they're not going to find some sort of cure for this or some sort of medication? You know, you just missed it by one day. That's what kind of keeps everybody going. You know, but, you know, when you're growing up, where'd you grow up, by the way? Five towns, Lawrence. And where, where was that? Lawrence, New York. Lawrence, New York. Good neighborhood, good yeah. family. Good family. Old school Italian, pasta on Sundays, meatballs. <laughs> Mama would hit you with a... My mother would be able, she would have the clogs. So when we were bad, we'd turn the corner. She'd throw them things like boomerang. <laughs> they hit you in the head and come right back. See, what, what people don't understand, a wooden spoon wasn't for stirring the, the you know, nah. stirring the pasta and all that. Whippings. It was for ass whippings. Exactly. The metal spoon was worse. So I got the, I, I remember one year, my brother. Now, I didn't grow up in an Italian household, but I trust me, I got the spoon. One year, my brother, who was Mr. Goody Two-Shoes, wanted to get my mother one of these decorative spoons that hang on the wall. I go, bro, you're going to fucking kill me. <laughs> you, like, that's a, that's a true weapon. Because my mother, and when the, the spoon wasn't enough, it was the, it was the uh, broomstick. And my, my mother was four feet nine tall. But man, she came with some fury. Like a Forget about it. My mother taught Darth Vader how to sword fight. <laughs> I just want to let you know. So what was it like growing up? Why don't you tell our audience a little bit about yourself? Life was beautiful. My father was around, my mother... Um, my family lived within like 10 minutes of each other because we were all basically immigrants from Italy. So we stayed close. Family was tired. Every holiday we had 30, 40 cousins and aunts and uncles at the house. There was no such thing as secondhand smoke the fucking Christmas day. There'd be clouds of smoke. You'd have to duck underneath the wall. Just then I get hit with a cloud. With the yellow ceilings. Yeah, yellow ceilings, ashtrays all over. Remember those big glass ashtrays? So, stand up once. Italian household. Pool table downstairs, second kitchen. Second kitchen, we didn't even know the first kitchen. That was for diplomats only. <laughs> Plastic slip covers. We had slip the covers office room. Only slip covers Italian, on the couch. Only yeah. when Italian dignitaries came to yeah. visit, you were able to get in that room. <laughs> the, pla- the plastic runners on the rug. My mother had a velour couch, green velour. The thing turned purple after so many years of the plastic being on. 95 degrees, you're sitting on plastic. Damn, boy, your ass would hurt. And when you your get ass. up, your ass sticks to the seat. You get up, you hear the skin just yeah. separate. And a lot of people don't know that's a poor Puerto Rican thing too. That's a Puerto Rican and Italian thing right there with the the the, uh, the plastic. He's the man you want to talk That's to. Plastic Ju- on a couch too. I grew, we grew up in Hoboken. All my the Puerto Ricans and Italians have plastic on the couches. That was it. <laughs> with, that was it. With the room that nobody ever went into. No, no. no. that was no. the Oval Office. No. The Oval Office. No. They had security trip alarms. My mother would know she would be outside. She'd hear the trip alarm go mm-hmm. off, come inside. John, get out of that fucking room. <laughs> <laughs> like Jesus, man! What do you got a triple on? <laughs> so, so were you a sports guy, hang around guy, getting into trouble? What were you? Uh, what were you like? I wasn't a troublemaker, but I, trouble always kind of finds us. <laughs> but I wasn't a troublemaker. And uh, as far as sports go, I didn't like to be told what to do too much, so we didn't play too much sports. We just hung around, played cards, went fishing. Yeah, shit like that. Well, I know, Stewie, you 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 went down that path. But you were a sports guy, though. I love to play because of the fact my father, you know, my father had me out there track first every season, basketball, football, baseball. It was just it was nonstop. It was just, you know, and then the bats and balls went away and we started, you know, getting high. <laughs> well, isn't that the way? Basically. I, I don't know what it's like in, in New York, but in Jersey, when you don't have the sports, man, an idle mind is the devil's playground. There's not much to do. Yeah. yeah. That's that's no. your quote. I stole it from you. So yeah, no doubt. my father made sure he found something to do. <laughs> Get up and cut of the grass. <laughs> Don't water the lawn. My father, yo, Saturday morning, be like, what do you think you're gonna sleep on the couch all day? Come with me, son. Were your parents green ones? Yeah. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. So for those people who are listening outside of the New York metropolitan area, a greenhorn is right Zip off the boat. Is right off the boat. Right off the boat so, from Italy. Don't say the cut. other G word. The other G word is no good though. <laughs> Girl? What's the other G word? You're talking about greaseball? Guinea. 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 <laughs> Greenhorn's acceptable. Guinea, no good. Well, so a guinea, a guinea could call someone a guinea, yeah. you know. But I married one. Does that count? Yeah. 
<laughs> it's time to injection. Yeah, exactly. I was just worst, gonna say that. Worst fight, yeah. worst fight I ever got into with my wife. I used the G word, and yeah. I got that from the Godfather. Worst Tennessee word. I got that from the Godfather. <laughs> but funny story about the word that word. So when they were making the Godfather, Joe Colombo was still alive when they were going through script revisions, and he made sure that that word yeah. wasn't yeah, in there. Yeah, the yeah, only yeah. person that could say it was. Um, uh, Charlie Shire? No, uh, Carlo. Uh, oh, Carlo. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, can't think of his name right now uh, because he was Frank Colombo's errand boy, and he didn't say that word until yeah. Colombo got shot. That happened yeah, 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 after yeah, Colombo yeah, yeah. got That's shot. Crazy, yeah, yeah. Guinea Bassett called yeah, Charlie Shire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Guinea Guinea Princess, I think it was. But anyway, mm-hmm. so you go through high school, pretty successful. Now I know you had a real successful construction business. Yeah, everything. Was going real well. I what was, kind of construction? I was in the construction. We did masonry work, stucco, brick siding, stone facing, driveways, patios, decks. Did a family business, or did you start it up? No, I started it up. It was uh, it was funny. I kind of got it over a card game, if you believe that or not. But <laughs> I was in the cafe and uh, the degenerate gambler, and he kind of owed me, so we took over the business. And, uh, <laughs> Didn't they miss? Wasn't that in Goodfellas too? <laughs> no, I don't know about Goodfellas, but I could tell you. But all my life, I told everybody I was in construction anyway, so it kind of fit the bill. <laughs> so when I got the business, everybody knew I was in construction. It was like, all right. He's oh, so that's your business. <laughs> oh, no. Everybody went, he wasn't lying. He really is in construction. But, uh, how many years, JC? How many years? I had it for about 15 years, wow. 20 years. Now, did, about 25 we start. You had all your family members around you. Did you ever have any experience with Parkinson's? Anybody in your family ever get it? No. No? This, uh, this disease just snuck up on me one night. Well, the, yeah. s- stop there. How? What was the first hint that something was going you know, on? Um, when you work construction and you're lifting, every day you feel aches and pains, your body's shaking, you know, you're hanging up. Jack hammers all day, yeah. swinging sledgehammers. I know. So real it's well. normal that your body's off a little bit at night. But when I came home one night, it was about four in the morning, and I'm laying in bed and I start shaking. And I said, Hey, kid, I think we got a problem here. She's like, Stop, you're scaring me, you're shaking. And I couldn't stop. So right away, you think of Parkinson's and I don't know, it just popped into my head and go to the hospital and they put all these wires and they do all these tests. And I guess nobody wanted to face me and tell me that I had Parkinson. So every doctor I would come by, I'd be like, the next guy's going to see you, the next guy's going to see you. Till finally, some guy, some heavy accent, I don't even know, peeks his head in and he goes, you know what you got, right? And I said, no, what does he got? He said, you got Parkinson's. Well, you're an Italian guy that owns a construction company. They didn't want to come in and tell you. Yeah, no, they were, they were, uh, they were a little shook. But JC had two guys outside the room like this, like chilling. I was uh, now over time. Definitely you, caught off guard on that. You've had to become very educated on Parkinson's. For for everybody who mm-hmm. everybody's heard the word Parkinson's, tell me exactly what Parkinson's does. What is it? For everybody, it's different. People have different stages and different forms. So there's me, mild forms of Parkinson's out me, there. This hand shakes, this hand locks, and my left leg drags. So I try to do a fucking email, a text, or <laughs> because this guy's calling me. I'm pressing the button. I'm reaching Tokyo or China. <laughs> I don't know. I press so many buttons, my iPhone goes out of whack. So that's why you're not answering any of my that's text messages. That's why he understands. Nah, nah, nah. He got me trying to hit me today. I'm on a GPS. I said, Come on, I can't do fucking face talk right now. He's like, I can't on, hear man. you. My hand shaking, the fucking phone's going this way, that way. I'm trying to get it next to my ear. Stu and, calls uh, me the other day, and he's like, you're going to send me the address? And I got I sent it to JC, and he goes, that motherfucker don't say he hasn't answered a He hasn't answered a text message in 10 years. The only thing I'm good for, shakedown. <laughs> Somebody got to shake him down, I'll shake What's your line? Sh- Give him your famous I'll line. Sh- I'll shake the shit out no, of No, 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 your famous line. What? I'm shaking, not stirred. Shaking, not stirred, Shaking, not stirred. That's it. That's but classic. But I'll tell you, you don't need a KitchenAid in my house. Wow, <laughs> wow. Yeah, but I make the best lemon meringue. So, (laughs) Parkinson's affects the nerve system, correct? Yeah, but it affects everybody differently. Where does it stem from? Have they ever figured out why it's happening? 
There's so many theories out there. They could put a fucking man on the space station for 10 years, but they can't figure out how to stop somebody from trembling. And the, the meds that they give you only mask the disease. There's no cure out there. So if anybody says they got a good grasp on it, if there's no cure, they don't understand it really, you know? Yeah. And, uh, you know, you kind of kind of gives you a gut check. Because before, we were talking about pain. And it makes you realize how much pain you could actually withstand. Because there's days where I'm flopping on the floor like a fish out of water. And then at the end of the day, I'm working out or I'm moving or I'm seeing somebody or acting in a movie. And you say, man, I could do this even though I'm in this condition. And to me, every day is a blessing. Every day is a miracle. And uh, don't take anything for granted. See, the most important thing is taking shit for granted. Like when you get up, I say, thank God, if I can move, my hands are not shaking. If I could get dressed on my own, if I could go get a cup of coffee. I drink a cup of coffee right now, the fucking thing will hit the ceiling. <laughs> It'll be a cappuccino by the time I'm finished with it. <laughs> yeah, but it, it wakes you up to the good times. So the pain that you endure wakes you up to the good times. Definitely. Yeah. So now, how, how old were you when you got diagnosed? I was 40. 39 and a half. You're 39 and a half. How old are you now? 47. Damn, he, oh. fucking Parkinson's must de-age you or something. I know. Hey, look, <laughs> he's got, he's got no shot, wrikles, huh? no nothing. No, no the guy said a good me, shot of Capone's good he side. says, uh, <laughs> this guy says, he says, you can my shake, but thank God you're handsome. I said, oh, that's nice. <laughs> Maybe he was hitting on you. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> Give me a banana. <laughs> I go all night. Why do you think I'm still married? <laughs> well, don't ever answer those ads for a free banana cleaning. No. <laughs> Okay. So when you first found out, when you first, you go home from the hospital, you get this diagnosis. Right. Did you go get another check? Did you, what, what was the next move? For the first six months, you're in denial. You're like, it can't be. I'm working out. I'm taking my vitamins. We grew up in a household where you didn't do drugs. We didn't drink. We didn't do smoke cigarettes, but that was it. Cigars. And to get Parkinson's came out of left field. So you're like, yeah, it's probably just a pinched nerve or something. I'll work it off, like everything else that I used to do. And it wasn't stopping. So after six months, you go check out another person and another person, and you're trying to hear a different answer. And it's always the same answer. It's Parkinson's. So That's the Italian in you. You ask the question until you get the answer you want. The, that... uh, the hardest time with Parkinson's. There's two events that I remember. The first one, when I knew for sure it was Parkinson's, and I went to my dad's house, and I was walking in, and I was shaky. And now me and my old man were tight. And he started to cry because he saw his little boy have Parkinson's. Good job. And that, that kills you. And so... My father was battling cancer, so I didn't want him to worry about my fight. So I just go home and I don't see him for like two years because I didn't want to put an extra burden on him. And that's the first time. Second time, my son was born at 4.2 pounds, seven weeks early. He first comes out of the womb. And the father's customary that he cuts the cord and holds them. The nurse goes, I don't think you should hold them, sir. God forbid you drop them or something. So I didn't hold my son or cuddle with him or anything for the first nine months of his life. Because he was too small. And so now, finally, we're getting that father-son bonding, you know. But it took almost three years to get there. That, my friend, might be the most amount of suffering for a father to not be able to, to bond with their child that I've ever heard. And I've heard some awful stories in this studio. You want to talk about pain? That's some real pain right there. You're real a strong pain. man. That's got to be tough. Yeah. That's got to be tough. Um, so physically, as far as other than, other than the signs of shaking, what kind of pain does your body feel because of Parkinson's? 
you don't sleep, you don't eat right, because, I mean, don't get me wrong, right now I was sitting in two and a fucking half hours of traffic, and I'm driving. Don't look at me, look at him. And I'm thinking, and I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm a little on the edge right now, but it does calm down once in a while, and you do get moments of relief, and just like you said, you enjoy those moments, and... uh you hold them precious, and that's why I'm here to say don't take anything for granted. When I first got my license, I would drive the car to the corner store to get milk. Now I try to walk, and I can't, and I drag my ass to the corner store just to get milk, just to prove that I can still do it. But I've so, seen the videos. I've seen you working out. Yeah, no, man, I tear it up in the gym. Well, look at him. He's still, look, he's still rock yeah, solid. Yeah. No. <laughs> this disease is occupying my body right now, but it ain't beating me. No. Ain't none going to beat me. I'll tell you that. I'll take the devil and fucking shove it up his ass. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything that spurs on the shaking more than, or is no, it just? When it's like when you get into a stressful situation. Yeah, or yeah that's what I'm saying. Like anxiety stress. levels yeah. get elevated, um, which could be anything. Today I was watching the Fonz. And the thing Richie gets into a motorcycle accident, I'm sitting over there crying, like, oh, he's in a coma. And I'm thinking, man. I know that episode. My son wants a motorcycle. Fuck that. He ain't getting shit. Get my Dodge Ram with the stars on it. But how's this changed the way you have how many children? Two. Two. How's this changed the way that you raise your children? Because, uh -huh. you know, you could be the victor or, or the victim. It's your choice. I'll give you an example. A friend of mine is a big executive. Says, JC, I'm jealous of you. And I looked at him, I said, bro, what the fuck are you jealous of me for? He says, you have time, which I don't have. I'm working 24 hours a day. I don't get to see my kids. And you, you get to spend every day with them. So if this disease did anything, it allowed me the time. Even though I can't pick them up all the time, I can't play with them all the time. But I get to see them. I get to... Well, how old are they? My daughter's four and my son is three. So they're of the age where they're starting to become aware. Yeah. Did they ever turn around and say, Daddy, why are you shaking? <laughs> my son at two and a half learned the word Parkinson's. So when he sees me shake, he says, my daddy has Parkinson's disease. Mm. And uh, so that's... They know the word, and they see me shake, but I don't think they know the severity of it yet because Daddy always sh sh hides it from them, you know? And uh, if I'm shaking, I'll play like a keepy-uppy with the balloon or I'll make sure that I can do something laying down on my back. But I'll, I'll keep them entertained for as long as I can. So I try to deflect them from seeing the full the full force of this disease, you know? But I think I think it's a good thing that they know and they understand yeah. at a young age, you know? Yeah. So, because for the same reason that you tried to shield your father from that, and is your father still with us? No, he passed. He passed. Do you think that was the right way to do it? When you see your father cry, it just tears you up inside. And uh, that was my main man. And to see him cry... I'd probably do it again and keep him out of this. Yeah. Because he was battling lung cancer, and he was a strong man, a warrior. That was a true warrior. He'd go to a surgery and just be like, I'll see you on the other side, kid, if I don't make it through. So, um, but would I do things differently? If I didn't come the path that I came, I wouldn't be where I'm at right now. So would I do it the same way? Definitely. Lesson number one, don't go into houses that are filled with smoke for holidays. <laughs> That's lesson number one. <laughs> you know what, though? See, I, I have a different view, respectfully. No, I'm not in your shoes, so I would never want to rob that time, especially with your children. You know, we're, we're all, whether we got Parkinson's or not, we're not here forever. No, without a doubt. You know, and I, I look at my 13-year-old, my and I've said this to myself, I've said this to my wife, i said this to myself. Uh, Mike knows how close I am with my kids. I got five years left and he's out on his own. You know, he's out off to college going, doing his sure? own thing. 
Well, they usually come back and sleep <laughs> on your couch for another twenty. If you if you if you grew him up in my house, uh, they, I don't think he's gonna. No, but anyway, they still have the plastic on the couch. Come on, they don't want to come back and sleep on that. But you know that's the way I look at it. Right. So those five years that I got left with him right. are so precious to me that I'm I try my best to make every day count. Now, do I succeed all the time? Hundred percent, no. Hundred percent, right. no. I'm doing stuff here. I'm, I'm I do have a job and. Right. A hundred other things, and I'm, but I do coach him in football. I make sure I spend as much time with him, and I think that's the important lesson. Like you have time, exactly. You know, that's the one thing they're not making any more of. No, you can make a lot of things, but you can't make time. <clears throat> time never slows down. No, sir. So after your diagnosis, you said you <laughs> fell into a deep depression, understandably. Yeah. So was it who? Who was your caretaker? You know, I was going to therapy, and this just wasn't connecting. And you think your life is over when you go from being 250 pounds in the gym, rocking 315, 325, swinging sledgehammers, getting down to this where you can't even really control your hand movement. (laughs) Who's your caretaker? It's either the devil or God. I've seen both. I've been down in my basement many a night contemplating some real bad shit, and the demons almost try to take you over. And thank God, thank God for faith and love and family. But um, that's not easy. Well, so, so Stu, you had a similar come to come to Jesus moment in your life as well. Well, I'm thank God number one. I'm blessed to be sitting here today because me personally, I mean. That's because you're sitting next to me. Yeah. <laughs> Thank God. Well, I got next to this guy. So know? actually, there's a Hoboken cop, not Mike De Palma. There's another Hoboken cop that actually is a school resource officer in the town that I live in, uh, John Arico. Right. And I said, oh, yeah, I know I know De Palma. I know Stewie. And, and they look, I know Benny Love. And everybody says, Stewie is a fucking maniac. <laughs> That's Everybody says well, the same I thing. Was, I, was a, I was an addict, man. I was just, you know, my my end was just, you know. Embarrassing my family, you know, uh, like JC's story is a lot different than mine because JC had it thrust upon him. Mine was not self-inflicted, but I was just I had that addict gene in me. It was there, so I was just, I was just, I loved the street and all the action and just getting high and just put myself into a hole. And I, like I said, I had that moment. I saw myself in the mirror, like in a car, and I was like, "Fuck, you doing, man? You throwing a towel in, man?" And this moment of clarity, whatever you want to call it, in this. I'm on this path, you know, and, uh, and I, let me just say something about this man right here sitting next to me. Now, this is the first time me and JC see each other in person. I've never met him yet. You really? know, we, we've talked for the past maybe how many months, Six JC? Months. Six months on the phone. We met through John Lupo, a friend of the shows. Johnny and, Blaze. Uh, yeah, Johnny Blaze, Johnny kid. Blaze. Johnny Blaze. So who's, who's, I got a story go about ahead, Johnny go, Blaze. Go, okay, okay. So Johnny Blaze, you gave me his phone number, mm-hmm. right? You know, Johnny Blaze got baptized by... The same pastor that's the head of my church who's a good friend there. of mine. I was there. Yeah. Ron Lewis. Yeah. Pastor, pastor Ron. Pastor Ron. Yeah, yeah. So we, we went through the, you know, he got rebaptized Christian, you know. So he, he uh, J- uh, Pastor Ron Lewis, the guy who baptized yeah. John Lupo, has been in here. Fantastic story of faith. But his, st- even Pastor Ron Lewis, your story, your story, you may think you're different, but you're not. You all have that moment. Yours might have come in the in the basement when you're starting to contemplate some bad stuff, but eventually, you got to say like, "What the fuck am I doing?" Just like what you said. Was that that? W- tell me about that moment. Comes to a point where you just grab your nuts and say, "Hey, we're in the fight, and we're not going to give up until this fight's over." And I tell you, Parkinson's picked the wrong motherfucker to play with because I don't get scared. It's going to take a lot to take me down. Even when I'm down, I get up. So life was, I really believe that I was built stronger in the past physically, but God needed to break me down all the way down. I mean, he took the rug out, the floor, the subfloor, <laughs> the basement, and he broke me down to zero to build me up mentally and physically and spiritually strong. Well, they, so, say, they say that God gives his toughest battles to his strongest soldiers. That's correct. That's you know, correct. May, maybe I don't want to say maybe you got it because you're strong and you could show people to be strong. You know, uh, if I ask God, this is about three years ago, maybe a little more at this point. I said, if you gave me this disease, I'll carry the cross for you, brother. 
I don't mind that, but make it a productive one. Yeah, exactly. Don't make this just another story that dies. Somebody gets put into a home because nobody wants to take care of them. That's what happens to a lot of these people. You get to a point where they're uncontrollable. You don't have the funds to, to hire a private nurse. And so what do you do? You put somebody in a home and you forget about them. I'll be damned if I'm going in a home. I'll be damned if this disease is going to stop me. But see, and the thing is, you have you have a great attitude about it. You could help people. Well, you, your suffering could be someone else's gain. You know, uh, you know, like we talked about Michael J. Fox before. He's like the pioneer of yeah, definitely of nobody, Parkinson's. Nobody was ever really fighting hard for Parkinson's. Here's an argument for you, JC, because you were a Mason, right? And it's going to have a lot to do with you. Try building. Do you ever try to build a house on a foundation that's built a, that's shitty? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fucking the house falls right down. But when you're broken down to the to the, the foundation, but up, so. you got nowhere else to go but up, man. That's when the true really but, the uh, true believing begins. And this guy's positivity is infectious. I mean, yeah. just from from the first time that, you know, we talked and, and all that stuff and uh and JC will get into his acting stuff, you know, later on or whatever. But uh this man here is just every day, he's never off. Always on, never off, man. Always like, yo, what's up? And I love that. That you guys, you have that energy. Everybody, us four, have that energy. He's never off. This guy's never like, Stu. I don't, I'm a little downtown. I want to talk. Always ready to talk. Always ready to bullshit, quote movie lines, everything. Well, so he, that's how he came into the studio yeah. today. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we, oh, it was like a comedy routine when we came in here. But with with Mike, so Mike and I deal with it a little different, just because I know him. When he's quiet, things are not good. Things are not good, but. I failed this week. Just uh, yeah. I, I'm going to bear that cross. I failed this week. But, this doesn't come out for a couple of weeks. So yeah, we'll forget about it. By then. <laughs> but it's 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 as simple as a phone call saying, "Hey, bro, you all right? You good?" You know, yeah. uh, sometimes as a, I don't want to say a macho guy, but a guy, a man's man, we were taught to keep everything close to the chest. Mm. Growing up in an old school Italian family, so when I I was downstairs. I had the iron up against the forehead. I mean, I was ready to check out. And I sat down and had a real talk with God. And I said, what is this all about? What is this for? And for some reason, Instagram popped into my head. And I go on Instagram and I get phone calls all the way from Italy to Belgium to all across the world. And my relatives are out and they're like, yo, what are you doing? I'm like, what do you mean, what am I doing? You fucking nuts. You're on the computer telling all your business. Shut that shit down right now. <laughs> and I'm like, you know, God kind of gave me this idea that I, I'm giving you this for a reason, kid. I'm going to make you suffer. But at the end of the day, we're going to come out on top. And Michael J. Fox is doing his thing. But there's only one person fighting. The millions, millions of people are fighting. And we got one captain leading the brigade. I mean, we need... Dozens of Michael J. Foxes, dozens of J.C. Capone's out. Well, but see, I mean, you could do that, too. You have the, the personality to be his second in command, if you want to say that. Well, let me just say this. That's why mm-hmm. J.C. really want to come on here. J.C. ain't worried about the acting shit. He wanted, nah, he wanted to promote. He wanted to come on here for this. Yeah, of course. You know? This mission was never about but, acting. This was a plat- Acting is hopefully... You ain't got no star power. Nobody's listening to you. I mean, that's the bottom line. Mm. That's why nobody as, listens to us. You can be as charismatic, <laughs> as funny as you want. But, you know, the followers just don't jump on because unless Parkinson's hit you in the face, which every nine minutes it's tapping somebody on the shoulders now. Nine minutes? Yeah. Wow. You know, and people under the age of 50, every nine minutes, it's the number one neurological disorder coming up. So did you ever once think, you know, we, we, when we get hit with any type of suffering, it's, and, and you start working your way back up, you start thinking, you know, save me, save me, save me. Did you ever think that you're here today, not in this studio, but you're around today because somebody <clears throat> who is going to make a gigantic impact in the world needs you? Honestly, sir, when I started doing social media, I just did it. And I started off with 10 people, which were all family, then 20 people. And then you start getting messages from Australia, Alaska, California. Hey, kid, I'm battling. I look for you for inspiration. Not many people, but we get all kinds of people that write us, DM us and stuff. And I never thought this was going to be 
I just wanted somebody that was on the ledge at two in the morning that didn't want to, that wanted nothing more to life, that didn't see the light anymore, that had lost God, to call me. Because I'll stay and fight with you. I'll talk all night. I'm not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. But I got an ear that listens very well. So uh, I just wanted to help people. And uh, in doing so, see, God works in mysterious ways. You go to do right and help people. A guy from California by the name of Grant Singer, the director, sees my video. Now think about this. There's like 10 million Parkinson's patients in the world. There's how many millions and millions of people on Instagram. To find me out of everybody, mm. it's almost like Jesus took, the, took my Instagram page and put it on this kid's lap because that's pretty much the only way he's going to find you. Kev, oh. you said it just before. There's no such thing as a chance meeting. There is absolutely no. So the gentleman sitting in the control room right now, Tom Flynn, our new director of advertising and marketing. All right. Do you know how we met? I'm going to tell you how we met. You're never going to believe it. I'm walking. I'm doing a show for my church in New York City. I'm walking past Madison Square Garden with my head down, my glasses on, trying to get to the path. I hate New York City. Walking straight to the path. I hear Kevin Donaldson. Turn around. I'm like, oh, fuck. Here we go. Like, <laughs> here we go. Turn around. And that's this man here. I didn't know this man. I've never seen this man, but he watched our stuff. He got a little hope from our stuff. He doesn't even have a picture on Instagram. So I didn't even know who, I didn't even know what he looked like. And oddly enough, it's, it's through a connection with Mike De Palma that he found our show, but there's no chance meetings. No. That man has done amazing things and he's been with us a very short time. Gosh, so gosh. you, you, Going out on Instagram, you getting Parkinson's even, you could go back even further. Yeah, no. It's, you, uh, you know, you getting Parkinson's, there's a purpose for it. And that's what we... Tell them the story about the lady calling you and what happened, how you got the pot. Tell them. Listen to this. I'm driving in my truck. <laughs> and now uh, I get a call. We get all these fucking robocalls all day long, so I keep hanging up the phone. So I see a Californian, I'm, I'm hanging up the phone, hanging up the phone. <laughs> the lady so finally, this lady. name, this number keeps popping up. I'm like, Jesus, what the fuck is this? So I answer the phone. Arrogant, probably. Like, what, like, what do you yeah, want? what do you want? <laughs> lady's like, you hang up on me one more time. You want to throw away a golden fucking ticket. This lady's like seven years old. She's cursing at me. Poor lady was so indignified. She's like, this is the first time in 35 years I've taken somebody off the internet and actually called them. So I'm like, what do you want? She's like, we got a movie part for you. I'm like, a movie? I'm not, you got the wrong guy. I'm no actor. I said, I'm lucky I'm a guy that shakes the shit out of somebody, but I ain't no actor. And she goes, no, uh, Grand Singer is making a part in the movie for you. And I'm like, all right, you know what? If this is real, because I thought somebody was spoofing with me. So I said, you tell Grant to call me tonight at 730 and I'll talk to him in person. She goes, okay, I'll do that. So 7.30 rolls around, I get another phone call from California, says Grand Singer on the bottom. I'm like, oh, shit, this is for real. <laughs> so, uh, I thought you were going to say you hung up on him again. I'm like, yeah, what's Fuck up? You were saying, Grant, get that. So he goes. Uh, oh, your tone changes, though. It's, it's hey, what's up? It's not, yeah, what do you yeah, want? Now it's not like, what do you want? Now it's like, oh, yeah. shit, this is real deal, you know? You think of money so now. So I'm thinking, I'm saying, how can I help you? And he's like, your videos inspired me. And I'm like, my videos, the 30-second clips that I do in my basement, raw, I don't edit them, I just, I don't, I mumble half the times. But he's like, no, you inspired me and my family, and we'd like to put you in a movie. And uh, again, you got to thank God for this, because when you get knocked down so many times, you feel like you can't fight anymore. So I told him, I said, respectfully decline. And he goes, what? He says, I'm giving you the opportunity to work with Benicio Del Toro, Justin Timberlake, Alicia Silverstone, Dominic Lombardozzi, Mike Beasley, Justin Timberlake, all these people. He's like, are you crazy? I said, you know what? I'm not interested. And I did hang up, but I respectfully hung up. And uh, he calls back again. And he's like, I want you in this movie. I'm like, bro, I shake, I fucking I limp, I this, that. He's like, we know that already. We're fully aware of it. We accept you for who you are. We love you. Benicio wants you here. I want you here. So come on down. I still refused. And I know you think this is unbelievable, but. Should have gave him Stewie's number. I was like, 
Still oh, yeah. Done it. I got you. <laughs> yeah, why not? <laughs> tell him the story real quick. I know, I know you. I know you got questions. Tell Keep him. Going. Tell him Benicio so, at the table when he when he walked away. So, okay? um, Listen to this one. He goes, "Are you gonna freeze up on me?" And I said, "Bro, I don't freeze. My body might, but my mind doesn't freeze." He says, "As long as you won't freeze, I got you." Tell him at the table when you left. You oh, took yeah. your lines away. You took your so, lines. So uh, the first scene that I'm in is, <laughs> this is Benicio Del Toro. I'm sitting right next to him, right? Now, I'm like shook. This is a guy that I've been watching for 20, 30 years. Ask, she asked uh, to put a finger Academy up his ass. Academy Award winner <laughs> and everything. So he's like, hey, Capone, sit next to me. I'm like, oh, fuck, man. I was hoping to sit next to somebody like Lil. So Alicia he, Silverstone or someone. So he goes, uh, <laughs> he looks at me and he says, you're all right, kid. He says, welcome to Park Avenue. Don't fuck up. As soon as he says that, he blows my mind. I forget all the lines, right? So I take the sheet of paper, the the uh, script, and I'm shaking it and shaking it. I think, ah, fuck it. I'll just wing it. So Dominic says something, and I'm supposed to knock over a bottle. So Dominic says something to Benicio. Benicio's looking at me. I don't knock over the bottle. He goes, eh, <laughs> He looks at me and says, uh, you're supposed to knock over the bottle. I'm like, oh, shit, I'm sorry. You blew my mind. I'm sitting next to you. I'm watching Sicario and traffic. You know, I'm a little shook. So he goes, do you mind if I tap you on the knee if uh, when it's time to knock over the bottle? I'm like, no, that's a great idea, boss. So the bottle comes. He says the line, pull me, taps me, I knock over the bottle. Great job. Everybody comes out clapping like, yay. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, this is easy enough. Second time comes around, he doesn't tap me on my knee. So I don't knock over the bottle. He goes, hold it, wait a second. He says, are you fucking with me? I said, no, why? <laughs> he says, you didn't knock over the bottle. I said, you didn't tap me on the knee. He says, hold it, hold it, hold it. <laughs> After this guy says this word, wait two beats and knock over the bottle. You understand me, kid? I said, yes, sir. And uh, that was our relationship with Benicio. And I'll tell you, um, there was a couple of points throughout the movie that I was doubting that I should even be there. When you walked off the set, Benicio called you. And Benicio called me because I, I wasn't an actor. I didn't know. Like, everybody said I was an actor growing up. My mother said she thought she would see me on TV, but America's Most Wanted, not <laughs> Reptile. And uh, so... So the that, movie is Reptile. Yes, sir. The movie is Reptile. Directed by Grand Singer. Um Great people. It's, it's got a lot family. of a lot of big names in it. It's got me. Yeah, that's, that's <laughs> a, and co-star in Benicio del Toro yeah, and exactly. Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yeah, I'm telling you, it's big time. Dominic Murder movie. Murder movie. Mo Mysteries. Good movie. Um, good movie. And uh, I have like multiple scenes and dialogue with the man himself, all of them. Um, so, but fuck what the haters say because there's a lot of people out there. That when you tell them good news, they're like, oh, you can't do this. You're shake. You're nervous. You're anxiety. And, uh, well, I'll I'm going to tell you why. Because if you succeed in what you're doing, what does that say about those people? You have Parkinson's disease. They're a bunch of lazy. They're looking wrong. at themselves in the mirror and say, here's a guy with a debilitating disease who is going out and making a success, making lemonade out of lemons. We make and limoncello out of lemons. Limoncello. <laughs> there you go. And here I am, perfectly capable. I don't have any neurological disorders, and I can't do what you're doing. Well, none that you admit to. Oh, I have plenty. Of, I'm not talking about me. I'm talking about <laughs> metaphorically me, but I got plenty of disorders that you we know, talk about. Um, I'm going to tell you a little story. A few years back, I ran into an old friend at CVS. And I was shaking, and I had my head down, and I was all depressed, getting my meds. And this kid comes up, and he goes, hey, JC, what are, you, what are you all depressed about? I said, bro, I got Parkinson's. He says, and you're depressed about that? I said, yeah. He says, I got six weeks to live. I got stage four cancer. How do you feel about that? I would switch with you in a second to <laughs> see my kids for the next 20 years, 30 years. So... If that doesn't put you in line real quick, everybody, you think you got a bad than somebody else that's got it worse than you. It gives you perspective. Yeah, exactly. Believe it or not, that's our show. Yeah. That's our show in a nutshell right now. 
what, what Mike and I went through, we used to be so down on ourselves. How did this happen to me? I, you know, I must have been born under a bad side. And we get people in here who give us these stories that they've overcome that make our incidents look like a pimple on a fat person's ass. But everybody that's fighting a battle, at the time that they're going through it, it seems like a mountain. You know yep. what I'm saying? So you might be fighting a different battle, but you're just as much as a warrior. It might not be Parkinson's, it might be cancer, it might be something else, but everybody that has a battle, I mean, except for the people that lay on the couch with a headache. Like, I get people that call me up, oh, JC, how am I... How do I get stronger? How do I lose weight? Stop eating. Go to the gym. I mean, what the fuck? It's, it's easy. You want to lay on the couch all day. I get up at 4.30 in the morning. I'm in the gym every day. But I'm eating chicken. It's Kentucky yeah. Fried, yeah, but I'm yeah. eating it. So, uh, and then there was this one person. He calls me up. He's like, man, I had a rough day. I got a headache. And then he's come rambling on and on. And he goes, oh, wait, you got Parkinson's. What the fuck am I complaining to you for? I got it way better than you. And I said, thank you very much. I said, I probably do. But, uh, now, you also do this Punk Rock 101. Yes. Explain uh, a little bit about that. How, now, how I met JC was Drew John again. So John says, hey, I got uh, this, this, this guy I met, man, nice guy. He's in a movie. Uh, he didn't tell me the name of the movie. I didn't hear, you know, he didn't say Benicio del Toro. But he said he's trying to do his acting thing, and, and he wants to get started, and he wants to get some headshots, and he wants to do this and that. So I start talking to JC, and he's like, yeah, I got this movie coming off. And, uh, you know, I, I was like, this guy's rolling better than me. Fuck, I got to hang out with him. You know what I mean? So, like, all of a sudden, we, we're doing the show. It's it's called Punk Rock 101. And we're shooting next week. We're going to start shooting the pilot. It's I, about a manager, me, J. Peach, who manages a rock band. And my sidekick is no less than my man, JC yeah, Capone. Take a guess what so, my name is in the movie. JC? Floyd. No, Floyd. Floyd. <laughs> kind of fucking Italian. So yeah, fly, Floyd. Yeah, hey, yeah. JC. I but look like a Floyd. Though, I official. look like a Floyd. You can say, I don't know. <laughs> and, like, and like, listen, we wrote him in. He got I, written in. I, I've so. known like two Floyds in my life, and they both had mullets. So yeah. I'm going to say no on that Floyd. one. And this guy's a fun. Yeah. We did some readings. He's the funniest one on the readings. And then he's calling me up afterwards. I don't think they like me. So I said, are you out of your fucking mind? I said, these dudes love you, bro. Yeah, what do you think you're doing here? You're here. You're reading. Yeah. He's making everybody laugh and joke. He's like, oh, I don't think they like me. They, don't, they like you. Come on, bro. You're in there. So who uh, who wrote this script for Punk Rock? The script Rock, was from, from my, uh, I auditioned for this uh, last year. A director, Kevin or Kevin Arose. Kevin, I got the bar, Jay Peach. Kevin Arose. So, so I became good friends with Kevin. I started Jay writing Peach with Kevin. Jay Peach and Floyd. Jay Peach and Floyd, baby. Remember, Remember those names? Remember those names? We're going to be there. It's going to be us, too. So, like, we, he wrote the script. He put it together, and we started tailoring it. Me, him, and another... Greg, uh, another friend of mine, Greg. Look at Greg's last name. Greg Gonzalez. Greg, I'm sorry, Greg, if you're going to listen to the show. We just started collaborating, and then everything just started coming together little by little. We shot one time. We're shooting another time. Now we have coming this Friday is Eric Roberts. Next Friday he's going to be part of our pilot. Another great Anthony, Anthony Gallo. He got a few scenes with uh, Robert De Niro and the Irishman. We got J.C. Capone. Big scenes coming out. Reptile. We have a lot of decent, uh, great actors. Forget about decent. And we're just going to really concentrate on this pilot, buckle down. As a lot of people know, filmmakers out there, it's a lot of work. So we're going to do promotion. We're going to put a few scenes together. Not not so much of a scissor reel, but like three good scenes, solid. Because we have Eric Roberts. It was tough to get him. So we finally got a schedule so he can come down. Me and Capone are going to be in. I rewrote the scenes for me and Capone again to do with Eric Roberts. We'll have a scene with him. And we're just building, man. That's it. Can I give you one piece of advice? I know shit about acting. Go. Because I saw the one movie where you were the cop. Okay, mm -hmm. don't wear a cop's uniform that says De Palma. De Palma. <laughs> Oh my God, that was a short film. That was a short film. That was a short yeah, film because yeah, they yeah. saw the name De Palma and they're like, we don't yeah, fucking yeah, want this yeah, thing. It was short lived because it's yeah, De Palma yeah, yeah, on it. Yeah, yeah. So you should have, JC, you should have seen this. We're in Hoboken <clears> and we're at some family backyard barbecue and he's just doing this scene. And all of a sudden, De Palma's pulling uniforms out of his trunk to give the Stewie to do this movie. Oh, man. That's, yeah, that's the wardrobe guy. department right there. So you guys all hang out together. Huh? We, we've been around each other. We, I, I try to stay out of Hoboken because, you know, if you go to Hoboken too much, they're going to say, yeah, go down, uh, make a left at Biggie's. Well, I don't know yeah. where the fuck yeah. Biggie's is. Well, Biggie's used yeah, to be there, they right? Down, they met cool. Let me just say how, this is how God works. Like, De Palma is my friend. I grew up with Mike. Mike saw, I said, I'm doing a podcast. These guys, come on. I said, what? Well, I went to the academy with Mike. That's how, yeah, Mike. Yeah, yeah, that's well, how so, we originally so, yeah, met him. You, you yeah. guys knew Mike. I didn't know you guys. Yeah. Mike was our mutual friend, put it that mm -hmm. way. And it just like all of a sudden, 
you know, and, and not to say that I've been getting these guys, people, but like I send these guys, people to do the show. You, you obviously, and like a lot of other people, and it's just awesome. Everybody gets to share their experience. You guys have the platform. You guys, give, I tip my hat, man. You guys came a long way, man. We well, make, you know, it was thanks to guys like you that we have come a long way. Cause I mean, how many Hoboken people? Oh we, could, we could sit here and rattle off just Hoboken, 15 lot, Hoboken people. But it, it's, it's the, it's the friendships that are built out of the mutual relationships. Yeah. yeah. So you're friends with a whole different bunch of people now and the relationships that if as long as those friendships are in the best uh with the best intentions your friendships that blossom out of those friendships are of those mutual relationships yeah, are just friendships. huge yeah they're, they're unbelievable yeah. you well, know I, I mean that's what we when we went down to hoboken it was for what a sober barbecue or something like that i've never right. been treated like that as a stranger in my yeah. life yeah we had a big oh, red coffee it, it was everybody like, in hoboken yeah. it was like we, yeah. we were family like we grew up in hoboken <laughs> And we didn't, <laughs> we didn't, but we, you know, Mary Sharon came in from Carlos bakery. Wow. Um, you know, so we, we've met these, these crazy people yeah. and you're on the, you're on the way up, man. You got some great things. So you better get this shit under control. I mean, I'm blessed to have this guy in my life, man. Cause like I said, it was always positive. You know, he's, he's a little too much with the telephone during the day. He got to relax with that, but he's got to It's awesome, man. It's a blessing. This guy's a blessing, man. Positive, 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 man. You know, uh, good people. I got a funny story. One night I'm sitting outside and it's about 1030 and I'm bored. So I said, you know what? Let me fuck around with somebody. So I call <laughs> up Grand Singer and, uh, I get a I get a message from from the set manager. Absolutely no pets allowed on set. Right? So I'm like, all right. I just watched the Liberty Mutual commercial for the Emu. So I said, I'm gonna get this guy. So I call him up. I says, Yo, Grant, we got a problem. He says, Capone, what's up? I says, Your set manager just said I can't bring my pet on the set. He's my service animal. I go everywhere with him. So he goes, what do you got, a pit bull, a Rottweiler, a bulldog, what? I said, I got an ostrich. He says, what? I said, I got an ostrich. He goes, you're fucking kidding me. I said, no, seriously. His name is Oscar. He's six foot two, 250 pounds. He says, does he bite? I said, no, he runs around and spits at you. He goes, eh, eh. So he goes, yo, cuz, I never heard this before. Said, what, what do you feed the guy? I said, I feed him the treats and this and that. He says, where does he sleep? I said, I get a bowl of hay and I throw it on the floor. He doesn't really bother nobody. He might run after you, but that's about it. So, gets to the point where I'm like, man, my wife comes out, she says, you're going to blow your fucking chance. You're looking to get fired, aren't you? So, see how far you can push it. See how far. So, at the end, I said, ah, I got you. So he goes, that story was so outlandish that only you could pull it off. But I fucking believe it. But so I got a fake uh, a baby ostrich from uh, one of those stuffed animals. I put a ESU tag on it. I brought it on set. Everybody was peeing their pants. I said, this is Oscar, everybody. Uh, now, now, do you ever run into people professionally or around your neighborhood that sort of try to treat you with kid gloves like... He, you're you're feeble or anything like that no no see that's that's i i've known people with dementia or parkinson's and people like oh are you okay are you all right and they talk to you like uh, you're a kid yeah I, I i i got a mug that people just don't associate <laughs> with being a kid they look at me now. i had one guy call me and they, we walk into a restaurant this guy adam and he says uh jc you mind if i tell you something i said what he said, you were a daunting character back in the days, but man, you still scared the shit out of me now. <laughs> I says, yeah. So um, it's easy to just give up. It's easy to say I'm sick. And I got every right to lay down and just lay there because this is not easy moving. It's not easy getting around. And so I'd be the first one to say, you want to give up? Go ahead. But what are you gaining from it? What are you going to gain from laying on the fucking couch and crying? Crying isn't going to solve this. Whining about it isn't going to solve it. Get up off your ass and get out there and start moving and do something with your life. Make something positive. That, that's one thing I could see in you is you're not a quitter. No. That, that I could say. But I mean, don't get me wrong. I get knocked down. Oh, yeah. And that's what I tell everybody. It's okay to get knocked down. It's okay to be afraid. It's okay to have fear. 
but turn that fear into fuel that lights and a fire in you and get you out there to move. Because if this disease doesn't scare you, then I don't know what does. If this disease doesn't force you to get out there and fight back, then you know what? If you don't have the fight in you, give up. I mean, you got two choices. You give up and die or you get out there and fight. I'm choosing to fight. It, it's not many. how many times you get knocked down. It's how, how many, many times, times you, you get, get back up. up. Yes, sir. So where can our audience find J.C. Capone? Sitting in my house, drinking an espresso <laughs> with a cannoli. Shaking, not stirred, right? Shaking, not stirred. Shaking, not stirred. If you have a barbecue, <clears throat> I'll be the mixer. <laughs> where can we find your social media? I have faced, uh, Facebook and TikTok, but it's too much for me to do all this stuff. I do everything on my own, so I usually just stick to Instagram. And We're going to put links to all this stuff in the show notes so people can find you, reach out to you, because you're not done yet. you got a lot more left to do. We're going to kick some ass and take some names. We're going to start shaking this. Tell them about the movie coming out Friday. Tell them. The movie's going to come out on the 29th. By the time this airs, that movie will already be out on Netflix, and the movie's called? Reptile. Reptile with Benicio Del Toro, Justin Timberlake, Check Alicia, it out on Netflix. Alicia Silverstone. Stewie, where can our audience find you? Come, um, I got two two episodes. Uh, if anybody wants to go to Amazon, pr- pr- please promote. And uh, my friend Willie DeMeo, Willie directed it, Willie acted in it, Willie uh, he wrote it. Willie's really worked hard in the series. You got a ton of. If you like mob stuff, I mean, this is the show. I mean, that's got have, about every mob actor. Guys, Clay's in there. Um, you have what's? Uh, you uh, have Arm- 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 Santi, William Forsythe, Bronx Tale, Chaz Palminteri's in it. I mean, everybody's in it. It's it's an awesome show. I'm in episode seven and eight. I have a recurring role on it. Thank yeah. you, Willie DeMeo, for that. And uh, basically, Punk Rock 101 will be coming soon. As soon as we get done filming, we have a lot of interest in it. And we just we keep plugging. We keep working. Well, how That's about it. your social media? Where can we find you? My social media is um, Stuart Chiricella at uh, on My handle is on, um, uh, yeah, 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 on Instagram. Just Stu Chiricello, just Google me in there. Type the last name as best you can. And my Facebook. You know, well, and every week we're, we're dropping a, I had a short film in the film festival called Decision. Every week we're dropping another little snippet of the film. So, uh, the last just, one was really good. We're plugging, we're plugging, we're plugging. And that was only the first one. So yeah. we just keep grinding. Stewie, Sammy the Bull, Chiricella. Absolutely. And I, and I just had a nice order. I just had a nice organized crime on Law and Order. So I did one of those episodes too. So Who was, I'm trying to I'm on organized crime. What was it? Law, law and which order. Law and Order? It was a May it was a May fourth episode. No, no, uh, Law and Order. They got Law and crime. Order. Organized like, crime. Law organized and Order. Organized crime. Organized crime. Can I get what is it? Last crime? Organized crime. Organized crime because yeah, they got like law and order, order anal rape and now, so. can I get an autograph? I'm trying to catch up to this guy. I'm trying to catch up to my Organized crime. I think I think he's typecast now, you know? Yeah. No, I played a cop. I played a CO in the fucking... Come on, I played a CO in Jet. I was setting up hits. It's got to be dirty or something. Yeah, I was setting up hits. Ah, there you go. There you go. (laughs) So again, I said typecast. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) I have no idea. I never met this guy before my life. JC, we're coming to the end of this thing here. Ready? Yeah, man. An hour hour goes fast. Yeah, so I ask everybody. There's a clock right over there you can watch. Yeah, I can't see it. Down in the bottom. Okay. Uh, (laughs) We 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 end every show the same way. Right. You've gone through this incredible journey from the depths to normal depths of hell and then back up again. And we're still fighting. And if you if you haven't learned anything from this journey, then it's really a wasted opportunity. So, what do you think your suffering of of your Parkinson's has taught you? This is more for my kids, that if this disease is genetic, and God forbid one of them gets it, they're going to know that their father fought the fight. And if I go down, it's because I can't get up. But if they go down, no matter what life throws at them, look at their old man. If I could keep pushing forward, they could keep pushing forward. And don't let anybody stop you from completing your dreams and your mission in life. Amen. I think that's Man, a that, that is unbelievable. I think that's yeah. a wonderful place to leave it. I can't thank you, gentlemen, both a month, enough. Stuart Stuart Chiricella, J.C. Capone. Sorry for getting so heavy. 
<laughs> no, this remember one. those names, baby. We're coming. You, you ain't on the happy we'll podcast. A... You're on the suffering podcast. Yo, I'm gonna give you a D online. We're not coming no more. We're here. <laughs> We're thank, here, baby. Thank you both, gentlemen. I wish you the best. You, I can't man. wait to see Reptile coming out on the yeah, 29th of September. Me, me too. And that's gonna do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast, the Suffering of Parkinson's Disease with J.C. Capone and Stuart Churchill. Let's think about all the stuff that we learned. Trouble seems to find you. Life can give you a gut check. They're not making any more time. Rock bottom allows for the construction of a strong foundation. Circumstances give us perspective, but the most important, turn the fear into fuel. There you go, guys. That's going to do it for this episode of the Suffering Podcast. Don't forget, go to popple.com, get your digital business card, put in the code TSP20 for a 20% discount, and now you can go to BetterHelp. Put in it, go to betterhelp.com slash suffering, 10% off your first month. Look for us on all social media. That's TikTok, Clapper, Instagram, Facebook. Um, what am I? What am I? I'm missing one of them, but Instagram. all of them. All of them. We're missing all. We're getting. We're on all of them. Follow Mike at Mike underscore Felice. Follow me at Real Kevin Donaldson, and of course, follow the Suffering Podcast. And we will see you on the next episode. <laughs>